Steepo. Yo. What's up, bro? How you doing? I just got off the phone with Volante. I was like, yo. What's going on? And that's the voice of UFC heavyweight Stipe Miocic, and I'm Chris Weidman. This is Won't Back Down, presented by BioAccelerator. Stipe Miocic is a former UFC champion at heavyweight. He has the most title defenses in UFC history with four title defenses. Some people consider him the greatest of all time uh, as heavyweight fighters go. He is a fireman, a paramedic, all while being the world champion and fighting full-time in the UFC, he always still worked as a fireman and as a paramedic. Um, as blue-collar, cool of a, of a guy as you could possibly think of. Um, I feel like he's never really got as much credit as he deserves. He is so good. If you watch his fights coming up, the way he was able to move and put it all together at heavyweight without getting tired, um, he's just an unbelievable athlete. He has a rock-solid mindset and very competitive. Uh, Stipe and I met years ago out in Vegas at some fights, and we became friends. I've trained with him out on Long Island. He has used my main training partner, one of my best friends, John Volante, a bunch of times. He flew him out out to Ohio to help him train for fights. And uh, he's just an awesome guy. Him and his wife, Ryan, have one daughter, and they have a, a son on the way. Great people, and um, I'm just happy that he was able to come on the show. Um, so I want to give you guys an update on my leg and, and what's going on with that. So for the past three months, I've been doing my best to rehab and do physical therapy and strength conditioning and try to get back as fast as I possibly can. And, uh, unfortunately I found out recently that my fibula bone is not healing properly. Um, it is not taking the bones are a little bit too far apart and it, they don't feel like it's going to be able to heal on its own. So they're going to have to smash them in together and put a plate on it, put three screws above it, three screws below it. And, uh, it's definitely a setback. You know, I did expect tough times with this, with this surgery and this traumatic, you know, injury. Um, I was hoping I wouldn't have to go back into surgery, but this is kind of what happens. This is life. I don't have control over it, so I can't really stress about it. Um, it's nothing I did wrong. It's nothing that the doctors did wrong. Uh, it's just what happened. You know, the bones in the fibula did not bond correctly. Um, it's okay. I will be back. Um, as far as recovery wise for this, I'm not really sure. You know, three months maybe it's going to set me back. Um, until I could get back to the point where I'm at now. And uh, I'm just going to stay positive and just crush physical therapy and uh, do as much as I possibly can to stay as much of an athlete as I can during this time. And um, it's going to make my story even better. You know, that's the way I got to look at it. You know, this is um, another setback. And uh, the more struggle you have in your life, I feel like the stronger you have, you can become. And so I plan on becoming really strong out of this mentally and also physically. And um, to come back and have a great career after this has happened to me in the public eye is something I'm really excited about. I want to inspire people. Um, unfortunately, this is not what I wanted, but it gives me more of an opportunity to make it right and, you know, and to show that you could come back from anything, even a second surgery, and still accomplish your dreams. 
So anyway, on today's show, Stipe and I will discuss why he almost chose baseball over fighting, his thoughts on Saturday's UFC 265, and we'll even tell some stories about bar fights and thongs. That's all coming up in a moment, but before we begin, I want to tell you about Won't Back Down's presenting sponsor, BioAccelerator. BioAccelerator is the world leader in stem cell therapy and regenerative medical research. Through the use of their powerful golden stem cells, they help patients heal from joint and orthopedic injuries, autoimmune disorders, spine and disc damage, and neurological trauma. I'm actually going to be going down to Median in a few weeks, and I'm super excited to get the benefits of their treatments and hopefully completely heal really fast. All right, here's my conversation with the former heavyweight champion of the world, Stipe Miocic. You're uh, a son of immigrants. They came over here from uh, Croatia. And then, uh, go ahead, give me uh, your story. What was that yeah, like? Yeah, you know, mom came over when she was, I think, from eight or nine. Uh, my father came over when he was about 18. You know, they met, had a beautiful child named Stipe, which is me. Mm. Uh, you know, they were together for about a year. Um, they got divorced. Um, you know, me and my mom lived right next to my grandparents, like a few streets over. And then uh, we finally, uh, they had a duplex at the time. And we rented a duplex above them. For a while, until about 11, we, my mom bought her, her first house, and uh, she's still there now. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then, uh, you know, go to college, all that good stuff, and, you know, play a ton of sports as a kid. And, you know, I did everything, actually. I legit did everything. I, I bowled. I swam. I, you know, baseball, football, wrestling. Are we, wrestling talking, are we talking elementary school, or are we talking – so give me, uh, give me elementary school sports and then through junior high and high school. Uh, elementary, I, uh, I played foo- uh, midget football. That's what they call it, little leagues back then. Um, baseball, um, bold. I was a bowler. That was really? Fun. That was fun. I was in the league every Saturday. It was great. We won the one year. The What's that year. dude from Kingpin? You kind of look like him. Yeah, yeah. What's Woody, his yeah. name? What's his oh, name? Woody Harrelson. Yes, yes. Uh, but so then I did that, and then um, soccer, of course. I love soccer. And then that, you yeah, love soccer. Fun. Love it, yeah. Well, we're good. Creations, we're creations are good at soccer, dude. But are you, you, know? are you and you're you're pretty you're pretty fast, I guess, for a big guy, right? Like you. Yeah, I mean, like I wasn't as big though. I wasn't as big when I was a kid. I was actually short. Err, you know, I wasn't huge. But then I just kind of hit a growth spurt when I got to eighth grade. Gotcha, and you got big. Yeah. And then in high school, what were what would you still get into? I still played soccer. I think my freshman year, sophomore year, like rec league, just because I loved it. Um. Played indoor, all that good stuff. I wrestled, played baseball and football. Gotcha. So wrestling, you started in like freshman year or seventh grade. Seventh grade. All right, cool. Yeah. And was that your fit one of your favorite sports or? Yeah, I love wrestling just because you know it's a one on one. It's only on you, dude. You know what I mean? It's yeah. uh, you either gonna win or you're lose. No one else's fault. You lose. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then. And then, but baseball, so it was, it ended up being, I know you played baseball in college and wrestled. So like yeah, was yeah. baseball, did baseball become like your first love? How did that all? Yeah. Baseball was always my first love. I loved baseball, you know, ever since I was a kid, I would like legit wake up at like eight in the morning, go to my buddy's house and then get home until 10 o'clock at night. You know, that's when it was okay. You know, I'd be yeah, home yeah. at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was great. I mean, it's, that's all we do. Either we play baseball, football, we play basketball. I mean, whatever we legit would just do sports all day. We're like, it's like that movie, The Sandlot. We had like a bunch of kids. We just, it was like, there's so many kids in where I lived at the time above my grandparents. It was crazy. Yeah. It's fun. It's kind of like, that's kind of like the life I live too. I played every damn sport there is. And it's funny because when we played basketball and I beat you on horse, I did realize this guy, Stipe, has a skill set that most fighters don't have. You know, it's not to my level of superiority, but 
it was it was close enough to where I saw the form, I saw the athleticism. Listen, let me tell you, I saw the potential. On, hey, on that horse game, listen, I I'm here for you, dude. I was letting you win, so you did not feel bad about yourself because I'm okay with that. I mean, you are a really good guy, but I think you're more competitive than you are a good guy. Do you agree mm, with that? What do yes. you think? Do you yes, take you don't you don't let yourself lose on purpose? No, never all. Never. All right, so you just admit it. I just proved. <laughs> no, 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 not not in that game. Though we're in New York. Listen, I don't want to like take your thunder, bro. You didn't. St- you didn't take my thunder. You didn't take my thunder. I yeah, appreciate you that. won. I You're know welcome. I won because You're I welcome. earned it. It felt so good. <laughs> I will say, bro, let's let's stick on this for a little bit. You're com- you're super competitive. I'm super competitive. Uh, we've trained before, and there's not too many people that I can think of um, that I've trained with over the years that is as competitive as you. And so, like, when you get another competitive person, there's always like this like awkwardness. You know, it's like uh, he, I know he really wants to win, and it's gonna piss him off if he doesn't win. And then and I'm the same way. And it's like I'm not gonna give in. I'm not gonna give in. And then you get great work, you know, because it's two guys that don't want to give in. And uh, I remember, I, I know you brought it up on your podcast when we actually wrestled. And the way it felt wrestling you, and I've wrestled with some beasts, obviously, over, throughout the years. It felt like the one time I wrestled Tommy Rollins in practice, who was a, he's an Ohio yeah, he, guy, right? I wrestled him. Oh, my God. He made me feel like a little kid. Like, I'm doing fakes. He's not biting. I'm trying to get on the head and move him. And it's just, he just elbow passing me off like a little baby and just, you know, leg attacking me. And he's so much bigger than me, but he's beating me with skill, not like with strength. And I've never really felt that before. And when I was wrestling you, not that you, not that you crushed me or anything like that, but it felt very similar because it's rare you have a big guy who's super strong and powerful, but yet is using technique. In, in order to win and like knows how to um, uh, use their energy in a smart way because a lot of yeah. big guys, you know, they're just like, you know what, go, go, go. And then I'm going to yeah. wear them down and they get tired. Um, but with you, you had that same thing Tommy Rollins had. And uh, it's, it is super impressive. And and I, I'm just going to go into this whole uh, talking about Stipe, how, how awesome you are, bro. Thanks, and then <laughs> I actually just watched some of your fights and I was like, Holy shit. Like Stipe, Bro, you are so good. No one, I like the other, the other, uh, and I know you're so damn competitive. You hate hearing any other name from the heavyweight division because at the end of the day, like you're the coolest dude ever. But when it comes to competition, they're your enemies. You know, they're trying to take yeah. their yours. But Cain Velasquez was, was another guy that had, had cardio. He put pressure on, he, he could strike, he could punch, he could kick, and he could wrestle. And he would, he would keep going, which is so rare for the heavyweight division. And you're the guy who I actually think had better boxing. You had an amateur career with boxing. I know you, you won the Cleveland Golden Gloves. Oh, yeah, with the Nationals. Which is awesome. And uh, I've watched you now. I watched the Mark Hunt fight. I watched um, uh, the Beltran fight. Um, the uh, What was your coming out party? Who was the guy? Oh, Roy, uh, Roy Nelson. Nelson. Roy yep. Nelson, bro. And that was coming off your first loss, too, which we'll yep. get into. But the pressure that you put on, like beating them from the feet, like dominating these, like especially Hunt, like dominating a guy like Hunt on the feet, but then also smart enough to take it to the ground when when the time came was, I mean, it was such a beautiful performance. And I think it was, I think, honestly, your career is underrated um, for everything that you accomplished. And I know like a lot of people do consider you the greatest of all time at heavyweight. So, I mean, I don't know if you get more underrated than that uh, or, over, or I guess, I mean, that's a pretty good compliment, but I just still <laughs> think that people don't appreciate what you brought to the heavyweight division. Do you feel that, do you feel this at all? 
because bro, you you were able to mix it up at the heavyweight division. You fought like a little guy with nonstop pressure. You could punch, you could kick, you could take guys down and, and ground and pound the hell out of them. And you didn't get tired doing it. There's not too many guys I could look at in the heavyweight division ever that had the technique that you had from in every element of the game. Yeah, no, I think a, a lot of it too is uh, my coaches. You know, we had great game plans, you know. They would sit there and, you know, like, are we going to do this? We're going to do this. This is why we're going to do this. And it's going to happen. And no joke, a lot of the times we would work on something for that fight and I would end up using it. It was crazy. Like uh, the second uh, JDS fight, that hook to the right hand. Yeah, yeah, My yeah. coach said, listen, he's going to bat against the cage. He's going to try to run. You're going to throw a loopy hook tight where you're not going to get hit, but come with the right hand. And if you see it again, do it again. And look what happened. Yeah. Got a knockout. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you're one of the guys who've had the same coaches since the beginning of your career, too, which is super rare. I'm, I'm in the same boat, um, which is awesome. But like you are a quick learner. You are, I think, kind of a freak athlete because let's let's go into your boxing, your amateur career. You know, I mean, how long did it take to get into the Golden Gloves and to become a champion of the Golden Gloves? Like that's not that doesn't come overnight for most people. Yeah, you know, I mean, I was doing MMA prior. You know, I was working on my striking and. Then, you know, I was wrestling, so I was taking everyone down. And this is why I love my coach. You know, I would take everyone down. I'm like, man, this is easy. I'm like, take everyone down, beat them up. Yeah. <laughs> Call me in. And he's like, hey, dude, guess what? Every fight starts standing. He's like, if you're going to take someone down, I'm going to stand you right back up. You got to learn how to box. You got to learn how to find your feet. So if I take someone down, he's like, get back up. So I legit, that's why I, I rather stand now because I'm so used to standing. <laughs> yeah. Because like wrestling is always going to be there. It's my, you know, it was in my pedigree. It's, I've done it for so long. And, uh, but, yeah, so I, you know, I worked on it and then uh, started doing the amateur boxing and I, I loved it. I, I loved it so much. You know, I won Cleveland Golden Gloves. That was great. Then I went to uh, the Nationals and I actually I lost in the quarters. I won my first two fights. I lost in the quarters to Brian Jennings, who actually is one of the top 10 fighters. World champ- he was a world champion, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he lost yeah. to Klitschko. He fought Klitschko. I lost to lost. It was a great fight between me and the decision. You know, it was tough. You know, he beat me. And, uh, but it was a great fight. It was a great experience. And uh, yeah, it was it was just fun, man. And then, but then I just kind of missed MMA. I loved everything about it. I loved the, you know, taking down, but you know, I just yeah, it just it's, it's a tough street. You, know? you doing you doing that boxing though? Um, obviously, you could always go back to that, which is nice. And you see with the Paul brothers and, and yeah. everybody's doing. There's a lot of money to be made in boxing at some point. But that that boxing, um, you know, that experience boxing probably gave you tons of confidence going to MMA. Like when you decided to leave boxing and you fought a guy who became a world champion and then now you're going against these random MMA guys who they're just really learning how to strike and put it together. Like the confidence level on the feet just get to another level to where like you weren't intimidated by anybody on the feet. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I'm always intimidated because you never know, man. Heavyweights, anything can happen. You know, oh, yeah. Small gloves or big gloves, they don't matter. You get caught with one, you know. Um, but That's, the, that's yeah, a shitty, I, doesn't that suck? Doesn't yeah. that suck? This is bullshit. Yeah. Like, if yeah, it was right. just sparring sessions with headgears on, like, I feel like the better guy always wins. But yeah. when it's, <laughs> like, like, yeah. do, you, do you agree with me? Oh, I'm saying, you got his little glass, you can call the shot, you're like, what just happened? You're like, yeah. oh, you got knocked out. You're like, oh, okay, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's something you've been, you know, I mean, it happens. It's it's life, and, you know, what are you going to do? Um, but, yeah. <laughs> um, no, yeah, with the whole boxing, when I actually started sparring the first time, I, uh, I hit hard, but I just felt weird punching people hard and I didn't want to hurt them. I felt really bad. Like I don't want to hurt anyone. Yeah. And then one coach was like, dude, just they're fine. Like if it happens, like they'll be fine. We'll make sure they're okay. You're not going to keep beating them up. Like relax. And so I never forget. Uh, it was one day I think a really like just a rough day, just, just pissed off at the world. And I came in and sparred and I was just not doing good. I got cracked in the face. I was like, Ugh! 
but I just, I just, I just, I used to do it. I was like, Oh, okay. And after that, I was good. You know, so wait, you like, put, okay. did you, you like put them out that like you knocked? Yeah. Them? I, yeah, I had one camp. I don't know what camp it was. It was a Mark Hunt or something. I, I only had like, I knocked out like four or five dudes in a two and a half week period. <laughs> Not trying to, I wasn't trying to like, I mean, I'm going hard, but I just catch them with shots, you know? Did you did you change that up at all? Like as you got older, like were you like I'm not going to hurt my guys anymore, or were you still the same mentality in sparring? Like I'm going to try to knock this guy out. Well, they're trying to knock me out too. So yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> so issue. I'm like, saying the, the pressure. What's that? But if you let's say if you got someone hurt on the field, oh, I I go to the body, I just jab, okay. I, I work, I let them, I'm let, I let them get the bearings back. Yeah, yeah. In the beginning too, or did that change over time? I would. I would back off too. Like gotcha. you, a coach will say something like, "All right, easy now, easy now." You know, yeah, those yeah. you can yeah. hear it and you back off. Well, yeah, I'm not trying to like unless it's a guy I don't like that came in from another gym and be, be a dick. You know, I can't stop thinking about Volante coming out and sparring with you. Then, <laughs> how many times did your coach say, "Come on, all right, Steve, all right, let's work the body now"? Uh, pretty much every time within the first 15 seconds of the round. And Volante has no idea. He thought he was doing great. <laughs> yeah. Well, probably as you're sparring, he's like, <laughs> he, yo, he is hard. He's hard to put down with body shots, though. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Oh, Have yeah. you put him down with body shots before? I think I got once. Yeah. He got me once, with, too. Oh, so wait, John Volante, let me just put it out there because some people don't know who John Volante is. So he's one of my best friends from my hometown. We grew up, we wrestled together. Then he went on, he played football at the same school I did. And I got him to come out for the wrestling team at Hofstra University. And then next thing you know, we fight. We start. We started our MMA career at the same time, and he's been my main training partner, main training partner for my whole career. Stipe became friends with him. Stipe invited Volante out to go train with him out in Cleveland, and they became really close friends as well. And yeah, so that's who that's who Volante is, right? He's been in the UFC. He was in the UFC forever. He still is in the UFC. Yeah, he's a strike force, the, and then he moved over. Yeah. Um. Anyway, what about Volante? Um, he actually. Oh, he actually oh put I put him down, down with body. I took. I took him down with body shots. With my foot, like uh, one of those, you know, forty-five front kicks to the like the liver. Yeah. Oh, I've come nice. down with that a few times, but when it comes to body shots with my hands, I can machine gun the body. It's very hard to get him down. I, I think I got him once or twice with a body shot, but he, he actually got me one time. He was fighting a southpaw, so me being the nice train partner, I went southpaw, which I never do. The dick started push kicking me, doing that quick snap. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He learned that from Dude. me. Yeah, he dropped me, dropped me, and then He's so clumsy with it. Our buddy Alexa, dude, I was so mad. I was like, after that, I just, I was like, I had no more Southpaw. I just destroyed him after that. <laughs> I, when I just spoke to him, he's like, bro, you guys are such losers. You guys both have podcasts. Like, oh, so cool. You guys have podcasts. Uh, I, I'm I gotta get guy. him on. I'm gonna, I'm yeah, I love him. What's that? Yeah, no, I, I said I'm over him, but I love him too. Yeah, no, I know. He's he's hysterical. He's te- he's a teacher now, and he's and he's gonna be uh, coaching. I mean, uh, and fighting. Yeah, and, and he's got another kid on the way. Yeah, yeah, he's got a lot going on. Yeah, it's crazy because his ass was such a he was such a pain in the ass with me. Anytime I had to go home after training because I had three kids. Yeah, you know? I get and, it. and he was just like looking at me like, bro, you're such a loser. Let's go. We got to go out to eat. You're not going to eat with me. You're not going to eat with me. I'm like, yeah. bro, no, I'm going home. And now yeah. he finally gets it. He's actually apologized to me. He's like, bro, this kid thing is no joke. This bro, is no I call, joke. I FaceTime the one day or he FaceTime me. I'm like, hey, we're doing hey, watching the little guy. And I'm like, oh, cool. You know, what, what, what's the wife doing? He's like, oh, she's pressure washing the, the, the porch or something. I'm like, what? And then he's not even watching the kid that he's playing with the dog. And he's got his mother-in-law who's cooking every meal for him. The guy, oh, he got away with murder. The, well, yeah. Everything and just seems got, to work he, out for him. And then he's got his mom too. Like his mom. Babies, I'm like, 
Yes. This so guy, crazy. He, he wouldn't be able to survive if he didn't find, you know, women to take care of him. They just, they just, he's just so lucky. Yeah. Um, all right, hang on. Let's get back to high school. So wrestling, wrestling and baseball pretty much was your two main things. And then yeah. uh, like, give me the uh, going to college thing. Where'd, where'd yeah. You so, you know, I got done with college. Um, actually, I, w- I was going to go to Lock Haven University. I almost went there. Yeah, I was going to go there. Nomo was the coach? Yeah, Rocco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the brother. They're like twin yeah. brothers or something. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I was going to go there. I did sign. And then for some reason, I don't know what happened, but my ACT was never put on my like, – I was going to be a prop 46, whatever they call it, 48, wherever. I just wasn't going to rest my rest my first year because I was just didn't care about grades in high school, which screwed me. But whatever. So I went to go, and they're like, hey, dude, blah, blah, blah. And it got all messed up. So I literally just said, okay. And I went to Cleveland State instead. Really, I signed, like, I just went to school, like, the 18th. I think we went to school on the 19th or 20th, and I really went to <laughs> – were, were you talking to the coaches and stuff at Cleveland State? Yeah, yeah, Jack Humphrey, yeah, yeah. Okay, and it was the wrestling or the baseball yeah. coaches? Yeah, uh, wrestling. Gotcha. Um, so, and then I played you know, play baseball there and all that good stuff and started. Bro, that's so funny because out of high school, I, my, I was going to Lock Haven. I actually pre-committed to it. I went for an official yeah. visit and everything, had yeah. a great time. I, 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 you know, signed the agreement and then I didn't pass the division one clearinghouse. I didn't get my SAT score high enough. So yeah, I, it's like me. it was fucking terrible. It was embarrassing. I, well, I, in ninth and 10th grade, I had the worst grades ever, like, you know, failing everything and these, and then, uh, my senior year I had, I got all A's because I realized I wanted to go to division one and you need to like get your scores up. So I did yeah. really good. And then next thing I know it, uh, I just, I took the SAT literally six times. And I needed to get like a 980. I got like a 975 times. It was oh. terrible. My coach was like, bro, can't you cheat? And I'm like, the person next to me has a different test. Did you have like 600 points for your name alone? Yeah, it's fucking pathetic. <laughs> I, listen, I'm not testing. Bro, real quick, they should have gave me extra Vlante. time, bro. I got ADD. Bro. Well, yeah, I know, right? Uh, what's the, I'm a great story about Vlante. So he talks about his SAT score. Like it's like, it keeps going up every time I'm he talks about it. always goes up. He's the worst. So, He's what's, so the, dumb. what's the highest you can get on it? Like 1,500? 1,600. 1,600, yeah. So, it changed multiple times, but it like they doubled it up. At one point, it was like 24. Hundred, I think. I don't know. Uh, well, John Blonte, we were we were in uh, the Ultimate Fighter in Vegas, and we're hanging out and we're with Kamozi and stuff, and we're watching Super Bowl at uh, the Aria, and the big thing was crazy, big screens, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And one of the guys, he's this head surgeon guy in in Denver, Colorado, great dude. Oh, come on. yeah, what's his name? I Kamozi. can't think of guy's name. Yeah, 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 Chris, he's an awesome yeah. dude. I spoke to him. Before. Yeah. Well, John's like, yeah, I got like a thirteen hundred. The guy's like, yeah, I got sixteen hundred. The guy, John Monty didn't know what to do, dude. He like he just walked away. He was so defeated. It was the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. First of all, he told me originally his his SAT was like a, a like maybe a thousand or you know ten fifty, and then the next thing yeah. you know it was eleven hundred, then it was twelve hundred, then it was thirteen hundred. I'm like, you you're the worst. You're so dumb. He's, he's a loser. Hospital. He's yeah. a loser. Yeah, he's a complete loser. Um, <laughs> all right, hang on. Wait, what was your what was your credentials in high school for wrestling? So, see, my sophomore, I, I didn't get to go to state because I, I tore college in my knee. I, I dislocated my knee like a week before. So I, I, I was going to try to do it, but it was just, it was too much. I couldn't even walk. It was so big. Um, and then, so then my junior, I was wrestling 160. And then my junior, I said, screw cutting weight. I'm going 215. So I weighed about 195 and wrestled 215. Uh, I wrestled and made to the state tournament uh, with match weight from placing. I should have. How many state? Won. How many state championships are there in Ohio? There's three, three divisions. Three. I was Division One, the biggest division. Nice. I should have won it that year. I was so pissed. I, I, I screwed up. It just it was bad. 
yeah, yeah it, was, it wasn't my tournament. And then uh, the next year, I uh, I took second. Uh, so again, took second. And then I went, I took seventh at nationals for All American. Wait, second, you took second in states in Ohio? Yeah, second in states. And then oh, took nice. seventh at nationals. High and that was 215 or heavyweight? 215. Gotcha. But it was crazy too, na- who who, is, who won that? In nationals? Yeah. Do you remember? Uh, some kid from Washington, some Christian kid. I don't know. Some Christian kid, like Christian or first name was Christian or something. Oh, okay. I remember something like that to the extent. But actually, I'm pretty almost positive. Remember, I was it at Cooley, the, the football player. Who? Oh, yeah. Yep. I think, yeah. I, I, think I, I think I wrestled him. He beat me, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. He beat me like five, four or something like that. Or maybe eight. I don't know. But yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I took, yeah, I went to Nationals and all that. And then went to college and didn't make it my first year. And the second year, I went to the Nationals. Uh, I think I went 02. So at Cleveland State, how how'd you do during the year? Good. Yeah, I was uh, I was ranked nationally. Um, and this is heavy, no, heavyweight. No, ninety seven. Ninety seven. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I, I wrestled a couple of Americans. Beat a couple of Americans. Who'd you who'd um, you who? Give me some names that you wrestled because I was ninety seven, but I was I was two years younger, so I was just wondering uh, if I knew. You ever wrestled Chris Strekowitz from Hofstra? No, I see him wrestle though. I see him super wrestle. tall, annoying. Yeah, yeah lengthy. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everyone hated wrestling. Yeah, I, remember, I remember he wrestled. Uh, Cal Sanderson and uh, he reversed them. Everyone was like, "Oh my god!" And yeah, Sanderson oh, just was destroyed him after that. Yeah, then he just destroyed him after that. Um, I mean, who did I wrestle? Around? That was uh, I wrestled. Uh, who did I wrestle from Edinburgh? He was a two-time All-American. Oh, Kyle Seminar? No, no, he was no. a Buffalo actually. No, he, Buffalo. He, yeah, no, I'm trying to think. And then uh, another guy from Michigan I wrestled. I uh, lost him once. He was a two-time All-American. I lost him once, and then I beat him. I don't know, I'm terrible at names now. Me too. I'm, me too. I'm with yeah. you. Don't worry. So, <laughs> I never yeah, and then forgot I those one names. Year, I had one more year of eligibility, uh, and I left to play baseball. I was ranked like top five in the country. I left. Wait, so that was your sophomore or junior year? That junior. Year? That was my junior. Junior. And then, yeah, I was ranked. and then you just, what happened? What made I just you left and wanted to play baseball. I went to another college. You were done with wrestling. Yeah. I just, I couldn't make the weight, dude. There's no way. Anyway, I had a heavyweight. It was just, I should have redshirted, but I just, I was done. I was over it. Who was the heavyweight? Russ Davy, big dude. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, know, I remember. Him. guy. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, good dude, great dude. And so that you're like, all right, I'm bouncing. I'm not turning this way anymore. Yeah, it's one. Of the, well, it's not even that, but I just wanted to play baseball. Man. I just, you know, the coach there. I mean, he's he's a he's a right guy, but just it wasn't my cup of tea. And like, you know, I didn't have a problem with him. We had no, you know, but I just didn't feel good there, and so I wanted yeah. to go somewhere else. So. And then where where'd you go after that? I went to a small school in Coker, which I don't want to talk about that. But then I like, ended up in a school and. Nashville, Tennessee, called Trevecca, small AIA school, but we were like nasty good. Like we could be D one teams, like we were good. You know what I mean like yeah? And uh, we uh, we were ranked nationally. We were top five. Like I mean, we were good. And uh, we uh, fortunately didn't make it. You know, we we were just uh, we were a game or two out from making the whole series. Gotcha. What, what position were you? Third base. Third base. Damn. Well, so I, played, gotta... I played. I played everywhere. I mean, they needed me to, but I was start started third base. But sometimes gotcha. I would like play alpha once in a while, like first base. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that much about baseball, but um, my sons play, and I know third base is a very serious position because you got to be able to throw the first base. Like that's that's a big throw, yeah. right? You got to yeah. Plus, you, it's a hot corner too, so you get some guys that are big and just crush it down the line. You know, it's either you got to take it off the face, the chest, or you can get it in your glove. <laughs> and you obviously you're big for baseball, right? So I thought the bigger guys either I thought the bigger guys would play first base, right? Or was that not? Yeah, well, the guy played first base too. He he couldn't play third though. He was as big as me, but he couldn't. He wasn't as more as couldn't agile throw. as I was. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. When did you When did you start becoming super athletic? When did that happen? 
Oh, super athletic. I just work hard at what I do. Oh, God, bro. Come on. Come on. Things come easier for you than other people. Uh, no, a I little bit. Kinda, you work hard, I, bro. You work hard and you're super competitive. But yes. like well, I, I think said, about it. I got really, I, have to think, I mean, if you show me something, I can pick it up quick. I'm good at picking up stuff. Yeah. No, I know. And yeah, whatever you see someone else could do, you could make your body do kind of, right? Yes. Most part, yes. Or yeah. I'll make it work to my advantage, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, all right. So then you guys don't win the World Series. And then where are you yeah. at with like baseball? Are you thinking about going pro in baseball or were you just like, let me yeah. try fighting? Yeah, no, I was, I was, uh, you know, I tried to you know, play, try out for a couple of teams, like they have like open tryouts, they randomly through cities and stuff, and I got, you know, get you looked at, but nothing ever, you know, nothing ever came of it. There's a lot of guys my size that can throw farther, hit, you know, throw harder, hit the ball farther, run faster. I mean, it is what it is, and so uh, that's why I went back. So I go back to school, become a firefighter paramedic. Mm. So I started doing uh, EMT basic. Uh, start off with the paramedic, get that done first before we go to paramedic school, and. I was training at a gym, just training people for gas, food, money, because my my I got a um, a grant, so I had to pay for my school, which was lucky. Um, and uh, the owner of the gym was friends with a guy named Dan the Bull Bobo, who fought in UFC, Pride, King of the Cage, Prankers, uh, Pride. I don't name it all. He, he's a great dude. I, Matt, I, Matt, heard, I think I've heard the name. Yeah. yeah, he's like he was like six two, three thirty, just muscle. I mean, he's yeah. a freak. He's a freak. And um, yeah. uh, the owner was like, "Hey, do you want to help him wrestle?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure, help him." So I. You know, this is back in the day. Our, our the gym I'm at now was like it was a small. It was a subway. Now it's how big it was. How big the gym was. Wow. It was, it was, it was a subway, wow. and so went there, wrestled them, and just I just found love, dude. Just you know, kept me out of trouble. wasn't doing dumb stuff, and I, I didn't care about fighting. And then, uh, yeah, and then my coach they moved like a few months later to the big space they have now, and yeah, man, here we are. That's crazy. So wait, you were kind of dumb with athletics, though. In your head, you I'm becoming a firefighter. And I'm kind of done with baseball. I'm done with wrestling. And then, then yeah, the then professional route. Yeah, the, yeah, the professional way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I wasn't. You know, I mean, I get it. You know, time to become a man. You know, yeah. Find something I love to do. And I have a lot of friends that are firefighters. I love every everything about it and what they were all about. And yeah, and then it just uh, kind of just fell into it. I, didn't, I really didn't want to spar though. I mean, I'll never forget the first time I sparred. I always tell a story. Like I walk in the gym. I was just doing pad work, wrestling. You know, doing stuff like that and learning jujitsu and. My coach was like, hey, you're inspired today. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not. He's like, no, nah, yeah, yeah, you are. I'm like, no, I'm not. He was, he was testing me. You know, I want to see yeah. how to react. And I'm like, I'm good. And I'm like, I'm like, I only have a mouth guard. Yeah. And this guy named Jeff Cox, he, used to, he fought UFC like two, three times. He's a 55 pounder. He's like, come with me. He's this old guy. He's like, come with me. So he gives his mouth guard. And I like, my mouth guard, I can feel like an ashtray in it. It's so big. I get this little mouth guard. I put it in. I'm like, how's it look? He's like, sweet. So I spar this mouth guard. It doesn't fit me. Uh, we have no headgear. We have these old, like nasty, like Everlast gloves that we don't. I mean, no shin yeah. pads. Yeah. So I start. I start sparring, and you know, I have no idea what I'm doing. I, my hands are down. I, I look like I'm like just trying to like flail. Yeah, yeah. you were scared. Were you scared of getting hit? Well, then I got hit with a uh, left hook by a uh, force pets. He fought. He goes to give me the left hook. And I kind of saw a light, but I was fine. I was like, oh, that's it. And I just started hammering dudes after. I'm like, this is great. I'll I'll, I'll take one to give one. That's what I was yeah. thinking, you know. Well, yeah. then they look and like, well, this ain't gonna. Uh, sorry, I swear, but like this dude ain't. This ain't. This dude ain't. Knows how to check kicks or a kick, so yeah. they just started hammering my legs. Oh, the worst! I really couldn't walk for like a week and a half, bro. Like yeah. my leg was black and blue. It was so bad, and then, uh, but I loved it. I loved everything about it. It was like a puzzle to me. I just so infatuated with it. I just love the whole team aspect, and it's in a weird way, like being told what to do. You know, have practice. You learn this. We do this. Yeah. You just you're mm -hmm. so used to it. And, but I like the organization. Yeah. And then at what point did you decide, all right, I'm boxing? 
Because you were just pra- you were doing MMA and then yeah, you didn't well, do I had, a fight, I had right? Four, or had four or five amateur fights, MMA fights, and then my coaches. Uh, we had uh, Bobby Jacchetti, who's also our uh, brother Rich Jacchetti, who they trained Mike Tyson back in the day, and they were like, "Hey, you know, let's take some time off. We're going to stand up. We'll just do amateur boxing." So I did a couple, you know, a couple uh, uh, matches. It was funny. I remember my first one, I crushed a kid. Second one, I'm, I'm fighting this dude, and I'll never forget. And they call me Big Red because I had, like, a big red robe and red shorts and stuff. What, what made you do that? They got it for me. Like, the coach got it for okay. me. Like, hey, you're going to wear this. I'm like, all right, whatever, dude. You know, it is what it is. And so yeah. I'll never forget. And this dude comes out, and they're like, I'm like, what's this guy's record? You know, so I'm like, no. they're like, oh, it's like five and three or six and three. I'm like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. And so we go out there. This dude's doing that. He's like flashy. I'm like, man, I'm like, that dude's got some confidence, dude. Five and three. God bless him. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him, you know? <laughs> So I, I come out, I'm in my, my, my third fight, and I come out and I'm like, bah, 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 bah. I crush, right? Kind of stumbles back away. Like, oh, yeah, game over. I'm like, ah. And he's like, all right. I'm like, oh my God, he didn't go down. Like, it was like shocking, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so then I had to like actually box. So I started like boxing and stuff. And I was taking shots and I was, we're going back and forth. And they finally stopped the fight. And he had like, I, I come four times, two in each eye. I think I broke his jaw, knocked out his tooth. And the dude was like 34 and four. Really? Yeah, yeah. He was, a, he was a little bit smaller than me, but then, uh, so then I did a couple more, and then I would did Golden Gloves in Cleveland, and then I never forget my first match. I had no idea I was fighting that day until my one coach calls me. And he's like, "Hey, you just gonna throw it out there?" But yeah, you're because like I thought I was gonna get the buy because there's only three or four guys. I thought I was gonna get the buy. Yeah, because I already be like two of the guys, and they're like, "No, you gotta fight." So I had no idea. And so they call me three, four hours before the fight. Like, hey, dude, you got a fight. I'm like, crap. So I call my coach. I'm like, Marcus, we got to go, dude. He's no, I'll, beat you. I'll meet you there. So I fly out there, weigh in, do my thing. And then uh, find this kid from uh, Jack Lowe, where, uh, you know, Kelly Pavlik. Yep. Yeah. His coach, dude's, you know, so he comes out, this kid's long. He's pop, 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 pop. You know, he's watching him punch my man. This kid looks pretty tough. He was a Wesley Tripper. I think he was like ranked 10th in the country at the time. I had no idea. I was just like, oh, whatever, dude. So we go out there, dude, and the dude's like, bam, bam, hits me the jam. I'm like, Jesus, guys, that hurt. You know what I mean? Like, so he hits me the one, two. I'm like, oh my God. So I'm like, all right, enough of this. So I start getting in. He was taller than me, so I had to get in. I come in, I start crushing him, though. Finally, uh, I hit him with an uppercut. This thing do an eight count. And then again, I I I hammered him. And then he kept going with the run. He was like, the ref's like, you good? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, you're done. You know, he's like, no, why don't you stop it? And he wasn't even talking to the ref. It was so messed up. So I won that. I went to the Nationals, or the next fight was um, uh, the finals, and I won that, whatever, and then went to Nationals and made it to the corners. And it was fun, though. It was, it was a good experience. Yeah. What was that What was that quarterfinal match like? Yeah, it was tough, man. He was good, man. He was good. He was good. He knew he was doing. You know I mean, he's savvy. It's hard. But, I mean, it was, it was great. It was a decision. You know, went back and forth. And uh, it, it was fun, though. Honestly, it was, uh, it was a good time. It, it, it a good learning experience. And, you know I mean? Things you do to try to win. I remember, I remember – uh, during my amateur career for boxing, me and I was with my best friend at the time, and we had like a little internet stand with like a router and modem up there, and it was like messed up. So he's like, "Hey, dude, can you fix it? I gotta go work." I'm like, yeah, dude. So I looked down. We had like zip ties, like with the cables against the like little know, stand we had to make it look nice. So I had to like cut it off. So I look, and there's snips or, or a flesh cutting knife. I'm like, "Well, I'll grab the flesh cutting knife," and I cut it. I missed, or I too hard, and it sliced my hand wide open. Oh I think it five gosh. stitches. Like I get almost, I could see my ligament. That's how deep it was. So they went like three on the inside, two or three on top where it was. And so I had to fight a week later in Columbus for the, like the Arnold Classic. 
And so I really took the stitches out that morning. I walk up to, I'll never forget the doctor. She's like girl from like South Carolina. And she's like, honey, what do you want? She goes, honey, what are you going to do with that? I was like, just sign the paper. She's like, whatever. So she signs the paper, right? It's, I mean, it's healed, but it's not like great. Yeah. So I fight this one dude. I think his name was like Joe Smith or something. He was a tough kid. I fought him twice. Not from Long so, Island. There's a Joe no, Smith. No, 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 no. Yeah. It clearly was from Columbus. And so I come up okay. and uh, we start going out in the first round and I hit him with a jam and I hear a pop and my hand blew, blew open again. So oh I keep God. fighting. And so I win the fight. I win by decision. I take my glove off and you hear all these people go, oh, because my whole hand was covered in blood from the gauze. Like the gauze all red. Yeah, uh, I won. And you know, I probably got like you know, staph infection and whatever. You know, and whoever knows what were those gloves? Because like those gloves back then, like everyone used them. You know, so like I was a heavyweight. So think about the whole day that everyone's using those gloves. So I, you know, it was fun. Jeez. Yeah, it stung a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's right, bro. You're you're too tough. Yeah. Um, so you you do that. How, how many boxing fights did you have total? Do you know? It was like ten and one or eleven and one or something like that. That's awesome. And then it was crossover to MMA. And I know you rose up pretty fast. Yeah. So I, I was four or five amateur fights for boxing. And I took that break for boxing. I'm sorry, uh, four or five fights for MMA. And then the 11 fights for boxing. And then I uh, went back and I had one more. Wait. No, I actually I wanted to do another amateur fight. Just get my feet wet again. And the commission went past. So they said, nope, nope. I like went through like, I swear I was like 30 dudes. Like, nope, 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 nope. They just kept saying no. So I said, screw it. I'll just go pro. And so we found a guy within a day, you know, and guys like, it was like, guys like six and three or five and three or something. Tough, great, nice dude. Good jujitsu guy, I guess. You know, whatever. Fight starts. Guy comes running at me. I cracked him, knocked him out in like 17 seconds. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a good debut. Yeah, right. It was great. Yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. And so, um, fought another thing, fought another fight. It was, um, Mushin, uh, I was in somewhere now. Was it? Uh, oh my god! What type of place called? It's on the tip of my tongue right now. Um, Another Ohio place? Worcester, Worcester, no, Worcester, Massachusetts. Okay, that's when Pujanowski fought Tim Sylvia. Oh man! Holy yeah. smokes! That's a throwback. Yeah. What year is this? Like two thousand ten? Oh, yeah, it might have been. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And then I caught more fights, and the UFC called. Jeez. Yeah. What'd you have? You had six. You were six and zero, oh, right? Or something? Six and zero, oh, right? Yep. Six and zero, oh, all knockouts. Uh yes, yep. I didn't go yeah. anything past until the second round. Yeah. Before we get into your your UFC career, as far as your mindset going into the fights, I'll I'll never forget when you were getting ready to fight Francis Nagano that first time. I came into your locker room, and you were just so chill. Like everyone, everyone's a little bit different, you know, the day of a fight. But it, it did hit me, like, bro, look how he. You were so chill. You were chewing your gum. You were laughing, you know, just BSing. Like you weren't stressed out that I came in the locker room, you know, or anything. Yeah. He's just like, oh, we're hanging out. Blah, blah, blah. And you're like, yeah, I'm good. Ready to go. And then you went out there and did your thing. Like, when did you get that mindset? Like, how do you deal with nerves? And like, just give me your whole mindset going into a fight, because I do think it is pretty uh, different. Yeah, no, you know, in the beginning, it was like, it's like riding a bike. The more times you do it, the easier it gets, I guess. But um, I think a lot of it came from I stopped caring what people thought. Do you know what I mean? I didn't want to like, you know what I mean? I just was like worried about what everyone else was thinking. I finally just said, what? it was after, um, oh, which fight was it? Maybe, maybe after the Shrew fight or something like that. It's when it started getting like, like that. I just stopped caring. I just stopped having, started having fun and said, listen, either I'm going to win or I'm going to lose, but I'm going to go out there swinging. Yeah. You know, I'm going to do my thing and, you know, I'm going to do what I got to do to win. And now, uh, you know, sometimes it doesn't happen that way, but 
I just, I got, I got, I can't worry about it too much. You know, I can't worry about what the other guys are going to do. I'm going to do what I do. And sometimes it's going to go, it's going to go my way, but you know, most of the time it has, thank God, but yeah. you know, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. But I, I bet like the day of the fight in your hotel room, are you freaking out with nerves or you're pretty chill? I probably play video games and stuff like that. And just, we do, you know, morning, morning shakeout. And but you're not like struggling that. with nerves at all. No, I'm actually the last like four or five flights. I've actually slept through the night. Didn't like, you know, it's, you know, it's been great. <laughs> Bro, that's amazing. Good for you. I want to. I want to be more like you. The day of the fight for me sucks. I'm like, oh my god. I just want to like when I start warming up and I do the shakeout, I feel great because I'm up on my feet. But yeah. Then the rest of the day, it's like, all right, I might take a nap, and then I can't take a nap because I'm thinking about the fight. I'm like, yeah. I should be taking a nap because it's good for me, but I can't take a nap. Yeah. And uh, that's usually kind of the way that works, but I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. Yeah. Yeah. No. I know. I feel it. I mean, I, I mean, in the I, locker room, I, I'm not. I bad, do have though. nerves. I do have nerves. It's not like, but they're not gonna. You know, they're not like, you, you got to have nerves. You got to be nervous because if you're not nervous, you're not ready. Yeah. You know, I, I am nervous, but I, you know, I hide it well, but also at the same time, like I don't like let it overcome me, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's also better not to talk about it. Like, you know, when people are asking if you're nervous, if, no. you, if you start saying, uh, if you start going into, oh yeah, I'm nervous. I feel like it gets yeah. worse and worse and worse. You just got to be like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I think yeah, it's just, well, I remember, um, I remember when I fought in Overeem, it was so funny. Actually, I had a couple of funny stories about that with other people. So I was funny and uh, I was funny in Cleveland. Uh, it was just chaotic just because like everyone wanted free tickets because they feel like you're ticket master. You know, like, yeah, I like, like you know, yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, here, I'm like, here's here's a link to buy them. Good luck with that. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, we're sort my of parents gave me get free tickets. Yeah, right. I call my wife. I'm like, hey, listen, I'm about to go to the fight. You want to come down? You know, say goodbye. You know, I'll see. You know, say goodbye. Blah blah. She had no worries. So it was her and our cousin came down. So. You're know, sitting on the bed. I'm just being me. I'm like, yeah, I'm being wild and weird. And, you know, and I call my wife looks at me. She's like, babe, it's okay to be nervous. I'm like, all right, thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah, cool. You know, so I'm doing something that, you know, and Mark's like, hey, you know, watch out. Like over his knees. You want to get to the clinch. He's real good. I'm like, yeah, no, I got it. You know, you know holy, I want to get some good. Yeah. I'm always like, babe. Okay to be nervous, and I'm like, yeah, I heard you doing the Gilmore hunting. I know, right? I'm like, it's I'm like, okay. it's I'm okay. like, yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Like, and something else happened again. This finally goes, babe, it's, it's okay to be nervous. And I go, I finally, I'm like, can you shut the like? I like say, I'm like, can you shut that up? Like, you're gonna make me nervous. Stop it. And her cousin's like this, like looking at her like, shut up. You know, I mean, it was so yeah. funny. And then that, yeah. and then we had my one friend, Jan Gomes. It was, uh, it was actually the first. Oh yeah, I know Jan. He's an awesome yeah, the, dude. Yeah, yeah. So the first years, fight. Yeah. Him and uh, Corey Kluber were there for the fight, and they're eating before the fight at a hotel. And so they haven't got there yet. Like, so we're about to walk out to the get, you know, get picked up and go. And yeah, I'm like, Yon, what up, dude? Oh my god! And Yon's like, you ever see like step brothers like him, Mister Doback? You know, he doesn't know a handshake or hug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Yon. <laughs> he's so he's like, awkward. He's like, he's like uh, 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 uh. I'm like, right, okay, dude. And I gave him a hug, you know. And like Corey Kluber sitting there, I'm like, what's up, dude? And he smiled. I'm like, I made him smile. Like, I'm going nuts. And Yon's looking at me like, who is this dude, right? So we walk out the door. My coach is like, Jesus, is someone nervous? I'm like, I know, right? I was, it was so funny, dude. He was like, so like, he's like, dude, what do you want me to do? Yeah, I talked to him about it after. He's like, what do you want me to do? You find this big, tough guy. Like, what the heck? You know, I am nervous for you, okay? Yeah. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, people don't know how to act around fighters the day of the fight. People are so nervous. They don't want to say the wrong thing. You know, yeah. you know. So I, I guess I get it. Um, so one of the main things with my podcast is talking about overcoming adversity. And I know you've definitely overcame adversity in your in your career. Um, I think probably the, the biggest uh, adversity that you overcame 
and you could correct me if I'm wrong, was the Stefan Struve fight because you lost to him early on in your career. And then for you to be able to accomplish what you accomplished, a lot of times if you lose to a certain guy, you could maybe put yourself on that guy's same level and you'll, you'll think, all right, well, I'm going to hopefully be just as good as that guy. But as opposed to what you, the way you handled that loss was that it wasn't obviously that wasn't your best night and you move forward and you still had that cha- those championship dreams. But yeah, so how did you how did you deal with that first loss? Uh, a lot of drinking. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> joking. Uh, no, um, you know, I lost that fight, and I knew I was better than him. You know, just you know, like I said, it wasn't my night. Um, you know, just I had a lot going on. Just uh, in my mind, I was naive. You know, I thought I was unstoppable. I was undefeated. Thought no one could touch me. And then uh, I just stopped caring. That's when. That's when I when the facts really stopped caring. You know, I just didn't care what anyone thought anymore. Didn't care about what people said about me. Cause I like after that fight, like I almost didn't want to fight against because like I was getting now was like how bad of a fighter I was. I should kill myself. I have a disgrace. You know, I mean, people are just ruthless. Yeah. You're, yeah you're, well, you're in the limelight for the first time in your life. And yeah. Then you, first loss. People just are ruthless. Yeah. Yeah. It's the worst. And so like, yeah, I just, it was so bad. And then like, finally I just stopped caring. I just like, whatever, dude, like, I don't care. I deleted my Facebook. I just didn't care anymore. I'm like, I'm out of this thing. I don't want, you know, and then I just, Kind of just kind of them back and just I just stopped caring. I just stopped caring what everyone thought. I didn't care anymore. And then uh, the Roy Nelson fight happened, right? That was uh, yeah. Well, so- I was supposed to fight So Palelli, yeah. And then the main event got knocked out, and then they asked me to step in. We're going to ask Roy Nelson to step in, and I fight Roy. I said, yeah, whatever. I had really no choice. You know, I just lost the fight. I can't say no. You know what I mean? And he was ranked pretty high, right? At that point, he's ranked that fifth. Time. He was ranked, ranked fifth. fifth. And he was, you know, for, like people forget, you know, you have to remember how he was at that time. He got off the, he won the Ultimate Fighter show, right? Like he yep. dominated everybody. He would get that. He would, he was a black belt in jujitsu, heavyweight, and he had a monster right hand. So he was dangerous oh, yeah. on the feet and then also the floor. And so going into that fight, how was your, what was your mindset going in there with like your first real big name and a guy who's ranked top five in the, in the world? Uh, don't get hit with the right hand. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, he called me a couple times. Nothing, you know, I was just smart enough to stay out of the way. But he called me the one time in the chest. Jeez, I thought he had a heart attack. He did a wild left hook. I didn't see it. You know what I mean? I was like trying to get out of the way and just yeah. crushed it. I was like, I was like, oh my god, it hurts so bad. You know, like, yeah. But uh, you know, I mean, I felt good pretty much. You know, the whole time. I mean, just I was in control. I knew what was going on. I just you know wanted to keep the place on him, and it, you know worked out well. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm not going to go through every single fight. Um, but basically, you end up becoming the uh, you become world champion. Give me, let's go through your world championship fight. Let's, okay, what was that like? Your whole preparation for your first world championship fight, and then um, well, first time. Well, they when Dana called me, he's like, "Hey, Kane's out. Do you want to fight in ten days?" I said, "I." Would, and the best part was I was watching like the Super Bowl or something. I don't know, maybe the playoffs. And I was like buzzed up off wine. I'm like, "Yeah, I'm gonna take the fight." <laughs> Having training like two weeks, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I called Volante that day. He fights the next day. The minute he gets off the plane, they go, hey, I'm just going to hang out and have fun now because the fight got canceled. Yeah, yeah. And so then I was texting Dana. I'm like, don't let him run, dude. I want this fight. And he's like, you got it. And then, you know, UFC 198, I think it was, or 96, 98. And then, uh, yeah, we fought in front of 45,000 people in uh, Kutachiba, which was, uh, you know, craziness. And everyone would tell me I, I'm going to die in Portuguese, which yeah. is always a good time. Uva Mahera. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. I know, I know well, that. I know that chant. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah. And then, uh, you know, and we worked on everything he was going to do. And he literally he did everything in those first two minutes of what we were working on. Like, he did it all. Like, everything he was going to do to me, tried to, and he stopped him. And then 
we were working that stepped right back hand, and he did. He just kept telling what he was doing. I think he thought he rocked me, but when I when I stepped back, my foot got caught in a little, you know, little crease between the cage and the mat. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Kind of yeah. stumbled I a little bit. It looked, yeah. it looked like I was hurt, but I wasn't. Yeah, that's when he started chasing me. I think he was mad too because I get they catch him with a good right hand over the top. Yeah, and that's when I caught with that right hand going backwards. Bro, that was crazy. And what was the what was the aftermath uh, of that fight like in Brazil? It was great. You know, so it was great. We had fun. We just, you know, kind of kept ourselves active and having a good time. And then uh, we're leaving at the airport. It was crazy because my wife was like yelling at me because we're going to miss our plane because I kept taking pictures for her at the airport. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then it's we got crazy home. crazy how big MMA is in Brazil. Oh, it's not. It it's insane. All it's on a whole nother level. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I know for me, I'm so much more famous in Brazil than I am in, in America. Like, you know, as far as like no, walking yeah. around and stuff, like people notice me so much more in Brazil. It's crazy. Yeah, no, I know. I get it. No, for I'm sure. sure it's I, uh, the same with you. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, yeah. It, it's great. It was just great because they're, they're good fans. You know I mean, like, of course, they want their guy to win, but like they're also, they're very, you know, nice. They're, they're great and they're just good people, man. They love the sport and you can tell. Yeah. They're not just great with the fans. They love everything about it. I agree. All right. So let's, let's fast forward. Uh, so you lost your last fight with Francis Nagano. Where Thanks are we at now? What, Thanks for being here. Let's just rip the band aid off. It's all right, bro. I've had my fair share of losses. My leg got broken my last fight in half, all right? It's a little... Okay. I, I can't win that one. You win. You yeah, win. go ahead. Do you want to talk about it? Let's talk about it. <laughs> Let's talk about what that felt like. Um, so where are we at now? What's next, bro? And 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 I understand there has to be frustration. You, you're, you've you defended the belt more than anybody else has ever in the UFC history. Um, yeah. I mean, you've dominated majority of the guys you've ever fought. Um, any loss that you had, you, you came back from. And uh, and now you don't get that opportunity right now. And they, you gave rematches, you know, in other situations with Cormier and stuff. So, like, what the hell is going on in your head right now? I got a baby due. In a, well, always, you know, we have a baby due for uh, four or five weeks. So <laughs> got a baby that's the main thing. No, um, you know, I don't know, man. We'll see what happens. You know, I know that uh, they got the interim belt this weekend. And, you know, the winner of that is going to fight Francis. So, who knows when that's going to be. But then you have, you know, John Jones in, 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 the, in, the, in the background, too. So, who knows? We'll see what it's going to happen. You know, I'm just going to. You know, enjoy the moment right now and worry about my family. That's all yeah. I care about. What do you think that John Jones, what do you think of John Jones going to heavyweight? Oh, great, man. I mean, but two or five and heavyweight's a big difference. You know, as you can see, some of those guys from two five came up, they, they didn't do well. Oh, no, you know, I It's agree. definitely a different. I'm trust, listen, I'm not saying John Jones is bad or anything. Like he's really he's one of the best, you know, of all time. But it's also a different weight class. Yeah, no, I, I agree. What do you think of the fights this weekend? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm excited. See, you know, we got, the, we got the what do we got? The Black Beast versus uh, uh, um, oh, cool. gone, gone, gone. Game? yeah, gone. Gone. yeah, yeah. I'm messing up. Well, what do you think of that? By the way, making the making the title like an interim title fight. Yeah, I never even got asked if I wanted it. You know, yeah. Who knows if I would take it? But just saying, you know, I just wasn't even asked. But it, it, whatever. I mean, it's a good management team. We'll figure it out. I'm not worried about yeah. that right now. Just like I said, we're worried about my family. That's all I care about. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Um, as far as, as far as fighting for the belt again, um, because I know when I lost the belt, it was like, that's all I cared about. It was like, I need to get my belt back. I need to get my belt back. I know whatever. And, um, and so it was almost, it was almost, it was almost too much. I was putting too much pressure on myself. I need, I need to get out there. And then when they weren't giving me the fight, like I wouldn't, it was, it was terrible. They gave Bisbing the fight against Dan Henderson instead of fighting me for the belt. Meanwhile, Dan Henderson was ranked 14th in the world. <laughs> like they were like, we have a, we, we do have a similar story with some of the, the things that have happened, have happened in our career and the way the UFC has, you know, dealt with us. Um, 
And, you know, I'm super grateful to the UFC for, you know, giving me the life I have. Oh, of course. No question. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. So as far as the mindset wise going into this next chapter of getting your belt back, like where, where do you think the best way for you to be at mind wise? Obviously, you're taking care of your family first. But then if they don't give you the title, you have to kind of. I feel like sometimes you got to like expect the worst, like, all right, UFC is going to do whatever, whatever it takes to not give me this next opportunity. I'm going to beat the shit out of whoever they give me, no matter what, and just dominate everybody until they have to give it to me. Or it's, they need to give it to me now. And then you're pissed off because they don't do it. It's like, yeah. it's two ways to think about it. Yeah, no, you're right. hundred percent. Um, you know, I, you know, I, when I, once I get to that road, I'll, I'll, you know, we'll look at it, but I'm not going to worry about it because that's the stress I don't need in my life right now. Yeah. You know, especially the baby coming up. We'll, we'll get there eventually, but yeah. I'm not going to worry about that until you know, it happens. Yeah, I hear you. Um, all right. Let's go into some funny stuff I got for you. So wait, uh, hang on. All right. So you, you're you obviously a firefighter. You're a blue-collar guy. You dressed like a blue-collar guy for the majority of your career until uh, at some point. I think when you were a champion, everything all of a sudden changed. All of a sudden, you had style. You had, uh, you know, these fancy suits. You're very preppy, very tight pants. And the hair, oh, the hair, all of a sudden was like really nice. What, who, who do you credit this to? And like, how did this, who, who did, this, where did this, where did this Richie, rich boy come from? Oh, that's a lot. Where, where did this no. pretty rich boy come from? No, all the nice lot. clothes. First off, John Blythe is probably trying to take credit for that, which is, it's not him. It was my wife. Oh, it was your wife? No, well, yeah. Jim Walter. I feel like you were dressing like Jim Walter for a while, too. So was I. Don't ever bring his name up again, please. Hey, he was a manager. He was a good guy. He was a good guy. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying. Um, all right. Let's let's talk about your uh, your draw in your house. Do you have a thong draw? A man thong draw? You have a, you have a man thong draw? I don't have that. I should actually I have quite a few actually, but no, um, no, I do not. I have a American flag one, which not many people are happy about. Um, I have a Borat one, the Borat swimsuit thong one. It goes on the shoulders, you know. Um, I have a rooster peacock one, whatever rooster or peacock one of the two, but it's you know, it's a it's a yeah, it's a it's a rooster one, you know, cock. Oh, I'm saying, but why why do we have thongs? What what? It's why fun. It's, I like fucking with people. Dude. You wear them with jeans on. No, no, I don't like wear them out. Like I do them for like funny occasions. Like, <laughs> I mean, like so you like, go full thong and just like at the pool or something. Yeah, I got that. Yeah, I, yeah. I did actually uh, the day after our wedding. We had, like awesome. a lot of people, our friends over, and then I have two. Uh, I have a denim. They look like they're denim speedos, but they're just you know the regular speedos. But they look like they're denim. And then I have a one. They're a butler, like a little bow tie looks on them. It's pretty good tuxedo with little one. It's pretty nice. Oh, that's cute. That's very yeah. very cute. Let's uh, about about let's go. Let's talk about Long Beach. How uh, you almost got beat up in Long Beach at the bar. Do you remember this? Dude, be, let's get you, you touched the guitar player, the, dude. The oh, dude, it was thing. the worst. Yeah. So go, like, go I don't ever like I don't ever try to, I don't even try to fight. You know, like I don't like so like I don't care if anyone comes at me like talks back to me like whatever. Like I, I don't care. Like I'm like oh whatever. you're not gonna get but, angry. Yeah. Yeah, but if it's me like someone like you like I really care about my wife. You know what I mean? Just like like I'm gonna get really pissed off. Yeah. So, me and Ryan, me and Ryan are on the same boat now. 100%, bro. I'm not wearing that thong for you, though. I'm not no, it's, it's coming down to it. It's called family, bro. It's called family. Yeah, I love um, it. I love you. No, nah, I love you too, babe. So, no, we, we were at this bar. I forget which one. I don't know. Minnesota's or something. I have no oh, idea. it was Minnesota. It was Minnesota. It was a stage or something. There, but the stage to, like, the door to get your coat was, like, a foot big. 
So every time you walk by, you keep tripping over, especially drinking, you know? And, and so I went to go, and a guy like, that tripped over. He's like, kick this guy out. And the bouncers were like, yeah, okay, good luck with that. We're not touching those dudes. And, and then another guy. So was, like, like, pretending like, like he didn't see it, right? He, yeah, like, right. He, well, he then the guy the starts guy. getting my face. So, like, I flicked him off. I might have threw a napkin at him or something like that just to piss him off more. And then, and then, and then well, then our one buddy did too. And he, he's just a regular guy. You don't train or anything like that. And the guy got his face. I jumped up, dude. I was like, I went after him, you know, and they all held me back. I was like, I, you. I, was, like, I was ready to murder him, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, the, yeah, I don't think the bouncers wanted any drama with. with nope, they're like, "Yep, yeah, you guys are good. Just can you please yeah. leave?" <laughs> yeah, Volante said that the uh, the bouncers looked at the kid was like, "No, they're good. They could they could stay. We're not kicking them out, and uh, yeah. they are not doing anything wrong." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> everything they're doing is completely okay. Yeah. I know. Oh, uh, that was funny. We had actually it was, it was me. It was, well, Vlante, yeah, yeah, Al Jermaine and Al. I think. Uh, I, I uh, yeah, 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 yep. Yeah, that's a, yeah. that's a dangerous squad there. Dude, yeah, yeah. And, uh, we had so much fun. I remember getting drinks, buying drinks for everyone. And like, "Why are you buying drinks?" This is like an hour and a half in. Why are you buying drinks? I'm like, "Cause I'm got buy drinks." She's like, "Bro, I get it for free here." After a whole hour and a half of me just buying <laughs> drinks and stuff, I was I mean, spent a lot, but still, I was like, "Jesus, guy, thanks." Yeah, yeah. Typical scumbag. Typical uh, scumbag. Uh, what else we got going on? What else can we talk about? Um, oh, I got I got another question for you. So, Jake Paul, being from Cleveland, we got a big fight yes. coming up. What what was it like to be around him? You were at the presser with him. How, what do you think? What do you think of Jake Paul? Great dude, honestly, he's a great kid. Came over, very, you know, very nice, very, you know, very regular dude. He's like one of, one of us, you know, just nice. You know, what I mean, like I think a lot of it too. I think just the media, but also he knows how to play the game very well. Do you feel like you could do that? Like, obviously, you're just cool, just like he is. Like, do you feel like you could turn it on, or do you ever regret not like saying, "All right, this is complete fake. I'm just gonna put on this persona because it's gonna make me more money." Yeah, I'm gonna talk shit. I don't really mean it. I could, but I still like. I don't. I have more important things to worry about, dude. Like I don't like. I don't need to go on Twitter or whatever and say some shit about someone. You know, I don't. Like I'll do it once in a while, like not to someone, but just in general. But like I just, I don't don't really care. But if you come after my wife, my daughter, my family, some way, I'm gonna come after you. Like that way. But I'm not gonna go out of my way to like hurt someone's feelings. I don't really care. Maybe I should have, you know. But I'm good. I mean, I'm in the same situation. It's like I didn't, I didn't really talk shit like that. I didn't, you know, none of us did the Conor McGregor. I don't think we we're capable of doing that. But somewhere, kind of in the middle of drawing more attention to the fights and and uh, saying things that maybe, like, I feel like we come from that humble background, the wrestling background. You don't really, yeah. you know, you're not supposed to talk trash. You let your actions do the do the talking. Yep. And uh, but apparently, uh, as the time went on, like, it's not, that's not what people want to see. They just want to see people talking shit and acting. People angry. love soap operas, dude. That's crazy. I've always uh, struggled with it. Every once in a while, I'll do something. Actually, I remember, do you remember me and you? And, uh, I forgot, I think some, like, Pervino and some people from the UFC were with us on Long Island after I beat Gas. We're here that one. We're going to cut that one. We're not going to talk about that one. Why not? Because I want to talk about it. Bisbing already knows, bro. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. No, he, he does. He does. Oh. He, I was on his podcast. He talked about it. He knows oh. you. Were, he oh, knows yeah. you. You came up with that joke. Yeah. Do you like it? I was. He. He thought it was hysterical. But okay. but his, the way he came back. So basically, what happened is we were out. I was trying to fight. Bisping. We were drinking. Yeah, we were drinking. We were feeling good. Oh, I love. I, just beat I love, I love Bisping. I think he's a great guy. Yeah, me too. Actually, I, I love do. Bisping. I didn't love him at the time. I was. Well, I get I it. Him. You guys are fighting. Shit. I, get I appreciated it, yeah. him though because of what he's accomplished. You know, yeah, no he's never a title contender really, and then out of nowhere he became the champian. Like, right? It was an exactly. awesome, awesome story. Grinder, dude. He's a grinder. Um, so basically, I wanted the Gaslam. I wanted. I just beat Gaslam, and I was talking trash to Bisping to try to get him to fight me, and. uh 
And uh, Stipe was with me and some UFC employees. So they were helping me come up with some different tweets. And the one that did it was where I ended up saying something like, uh, you have, you know, no why or you fake guy. What do you remember what I, what we said? No, so he said something about your dad. Yes, yes, yes. Good memory. He said something about your dad. And I think it was, uh, are you looking at me or are you looking at him? Like I couldn't tell. Yes. Like yes. And then he, the way he rebuttled it was perfect because he did it like, he tried. He made me feel bad. He was like, "Bro, way to make fun of like." Oh, you know, I know. Right? I was like, "Oh, I think you wrote like, that." My like, <laughs> That's terrible. I feel awful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! But I, it's funny because we went through the whole Twitter exchange on his podcast, and we were just laughing about it because he he knew he knew that was going to bother me. He wasn't bothered at all, but he knew yeah. he would just say that. And- well, you know, I know he wasn't going to bother me because he wouldn't come at your dad like say something about your dad. Like, you know what I mean, like, it'd be yeah. anything disrespectful, but he was just yeah. saying something. I mean, I, I get what well, he was coming with it. Too, well, he but- mentioned my dad. So then I'm like, all right, he mentioned my dad. So it's you know, my dad yeah. now. I was like, that's it. It's over. I'm talking yeah. about your little, your, your no eye. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, but yeah. How, about, how about Conor McGregor with the shit talk that he's been doing? With, did you see what he did? Like with Khabib's dad and coronavirus? Did you see that tweet? No, he put out something like, uh, I think, I think Khabib put something like a, t- a tweet out saying that, um, good defeats evil or, yeah. And so then Connor wrote something like, so was Corona good and, uh, your dad evil or something like that? Because his dad died of Corona, like, bro, how oh bad is that? God. Yeah. And then the dust and poor stuff, bro, his leg breaks in half and he's talking shit about his wife right there. Yeah. I don't know how Poirier, I got to give credit to Poirier because he knew Connor was trying to get in his head with everything. Yeah. And obviously he didn't want it to get in his head. But I feel like just as a guy, and I think, you know, just growing up the way we all kind of grew up, like someone talks about your wife, like you're fighting them, like you're slapping them. Like uh, you. Well, you also look at it, it doesn't like I just broke your leg, dude. It's cool. Good luck with that. But even before the fight, he was doing uh, that. He was, well, he was I saying I know, that he I slid in the DMs. Didn't didn't this his wife like hit him up for the charity or something? That was yeah, all it yeah. was. There was nothing more than that. Yeah, but but he made he made it seem like it, you know, it was, was a yeah, or a hoe or something. Yeah. Um, I would have a problem with that. Um, that'd be huge. I mean, yeah, I'd be pissed. Yeah. I would be pissed. If you start bringing up my wife, like bringing her to you know the discussion at all, I'm like, yeah. I don't know if I'd be able to calm that. Like but just wait calm. till we get divorced and you do whatever you want. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but it's freaking it's crazy what this dude's doing. Yeah. Um, all right, bro. Anything uh anything you want to shout out, man? You want to shout out your podcast because you know oh, yeah. jabs that you were on. You're yeah. on just yeah. awkward buddies jabs. You can find, find, find it on all platforms. You can find us on YouTube as well. Uh yeah, um, you follow me on Instagram, Stephen Miocic, uh, on Twitter as well, on Facebook, all the good stuff. And uh no, man, I appreciate having me on. Thanks for me for lock with the Bisbee thing. I didn't know he was okay with it. So I know, I don't know. No, he had no idea. I just made that up. I didn't even. Have Are you serious? No, I'm kidding. I did. I did. I'm not lying. I'm not lying. Wait, did you talk to him? Yeah, I talked to him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. thank God, yeah, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I was on his podcast. I love Bro, him. there was like an article about it, I, and you were tagged in it. I was like, I bet Steve is gonna get pissed when he sees this because <laughs> I told him. Oh, I, I straight up told him. I said, Bro, it wasn't just me who did that. He was like, Who was it? I was like, It was me, Steve, a couple of UFC people. Oh, he could be mad. At me. He could thing. be mad. At me loves. Me. Oh, he loved it. Yeah, no, he thought it was hysterical. He goes, What, Steve? My guy, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. It was great. But I would do listen. First off, I was definitely drunk at that point. <laughs> yeah, bro. It was it was great. It was good. Yeah. It was a good call. Well, it didn't get me the fight, so it didn't work. It was all pointless. But um, I appreciate you know trying to help me out. I was helping out, baby. Uh, I just want to thank Stepe for joining me. He's an awesome dude. Uh, love that guy. He's as blue collar as it gets. Um, 
so competitive and uh, one of the most athletic guys I've met in mixed martial arts. And he's accomplished so much and has done it in such a uh, graceful way. And I don't feel like he's really got the love for that he deserves for everything that he that he's accomplished. Again, if you want to go check out the video of that conversation, it's over on the Chris Wyman YouTube channel. And before I go, I just wanted to read this podcast review from fan of the show, Nikki Knuckles, who says, Chris is an excellent host and the production value is top notch. This is a legit podcast with unique perspective from a host with experiences only few will ever understand. The interaction with guests and fun behind the scenes stories will entertain you for hours. Nikki Knuckles, I love you, buddy. I hope to be training with you soon. Baldwin represent. If you'd like to hear your review on next week's show, just head on over to Apple Podcasts, find Won't Back Down, and give us a five-star rating and leave some kind words. And guess what, guys? Won't Back Down t-shirts are now available. If you'd like to purchase a shirt, we'll put a link in the show notes of this episode. All proceeds go to Sons of the Flag, an organization that is vigilantly committed to supporting military, first responder, and civilian burn survivors by providing funding for innovative research. Thanks for supporting the show and a good cause. It really means the world to me. Have a great rest of the week. Tell a friend about the show, and I promise I'll be back next week with another great guest. But until then, I'm Chris Wybin, and this is Won't Back Down. Thanks for listening.